I'll save this shit talk for air. Let's go live. Well, we are, so. Oh, oh here we are. Yeah. <laughs> now is the time to this shit to be talked, loser. Uh, evening, guys. Happy Monday. Uh, welcome to episode 15 of uh, Michigan Brews. Uh, listening to us talk and drink and uh, whatever else. And evidently and talk shit. And like. evidently talk shit. Uh, this isn't last week's episode, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll try to we'll try to bring that back as often as we can. Uh, speaking of exciting news regarding that, sometimes so we'll we'll have some something to talk about there uh, some point in the future. But uh, talking shit pays off sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll be fun. Um, but yeah, hey, what are you guys drinking? I uh, I got a Julius clone uh, that I made not too long ago. Uh, let's see, you can kind of see. I know the my freaking filter is uh, giving it a little bit of a a blur there, but as far as like appearance goes, it turned out pretty well. Uh, this is the first beer that I made with a like a custom yeast blend. Um, supposedly, treehouse, right? yeah, yeah. Supposedly, Treehouse has a. Uh, you know, it's, it's something like maybe 95% English uh, yeast, like two or three wheat yeast and like two or three percent uh, heffy yeast. So um, interesting. Yeah. So I kind of rocked that out and uh, it's it's pretty close. Jason ended up giving me a, a can earlier and Julius, I think, is just a it's it's still better. It's a little more flavorful. I guess Shana described this as as a being mild earlier. Which I agree yeah, with, but I thought yours had, like I said, like a softer mouthfeel, kind of a, a little bit sol- subtler hop presence. Um, but Julius is kind of like too, you know. Yeah, I mean, with just drinking them side to side, it was like Julius just seemed a little bit sharper and older. But I liked yours. Um, yeah, you're drinking all that. I think, tonight, it, was, so. I think it was solid. <laughs> what do you guys have? Go for it, Jordan. Get the hams. Too no. hearted. No, no hams. <laughs> <this time. laughs> I was, uh, I was, I, I was running at the last end of the IPA beard recently. I thought was hoping I had a couple glasses left, but I went to go pour a glass and it started sputtering at me and filling my glass full of yeast. So I'm like, well, that's done. We're done. Uh, but, yep. Other than that, I've got a, hopefully in the coming weeks, uh Philly sour that's bubbling away right now. So hopefully soon. <clears throat> excellent excellent i'm just drinking a 43 i i'm i'll be ducking into hams here in a few minutes I, I don't know brian actually i think i might drink that transient you gave me earlier yeah yeah sure <laughs> but uh yeah i just brought home my 10 cubic foot freezer today that i've been fighting with best buy to get for the last two months so my kegerator is coming soon and then all the homebrew will be on tap there we go excellent it's already yeah. on tap, kind of. Just it'll be on tap in a different spot in your house. Well, I have like one picnic tap, where now <laughs> I'll have I'll have all six because I have a bunch of kegs full. I just can't drink them because they're not cold and they're not tapped. So fair. Soon, 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 soon. Well, hey, so anyway, uh, yeah, we're talking with we Drew about Doster tonight. tonight. Yeah. So uh, Drew is a, a buddy of ours uh, from our homebrew club. We've known him for quite a while. I feel like Keepers is just uh, spitting out. Uh, people that are opening up breweries lately. Uh, Drew is the latest to open a badass brewery. So um, that's going to be over in Vicksburg, Michigan, I believe. But we'll let him uh, give us all the details. So so it's it's Doster and not Jacobs? I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know you're confused. We'll, 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 we'll pull Drew in to, to clarify. Drew, what's your last name? 
Uh, it's it's DOS, right? Yeah. <laughs> music. You don't sing? No, no. Well, not well, anyway. So but, so uh, last last week when I was trying to give you uh, a friendly call out, and I said Drew Jacobs by I, I don't even know why I've never even listened to one of these guys' songs really. Uh, I don't know why that popped in, but I, I blew right by it. Like I think Jordan told me like a minute or two later, like what the fuck you just did. Uh, I was really confused because I was I was watching. <laughs> I was like, Drew Jacobs is in our homebrew club now. Like, I mean, because he's a local guy, right? I mean, our I was our, drinking. Our friend Travis does his music videos, so I mean, it's not that impossible, but would be kind of strange, I guess. <sighs> Yeah, I, I was going to reach out to him today and see if he wanted to do a cameo on the show, but I got busy. <laughs> so the the manufacturing facility will be in Vicksburg because it's the pole barn by my house. Okay. However, I am looking into tap room locations. So that where you can actually pull up and get a pint is still kind of undetermined. Was that the original plan is to like have a... Uh, tap room and stuff or no i i thought i was gonna do the beer factory approach but um it seems like that's really not a smart idea because um i i think it's just you know the market's so saturated like you trying to get my mystery keg to a distributor and, and get it on tap someplace um is a bit unrealistic um when you have your own tap room you can control it you know you can see what sells well, what you need to make more of, you know, there's a lot more control over the situation. So, um, and I mean, it just sells for more, you know, you, you get a lot more revenue out of a keg at the tap room than you will to a distributor. It's just the simple math of it. So Excellent. you're like a, you're like a two person, you know, <clears throat> Uh, startup right now too, right? So somebody would have to do sales to like these, yeah. these bars and stuff like that, and it's probably yeah. competition would be my guess, right? To like get on tap places, like oh yeah, I mean the um, when you're under a certain threshold um, number, when you're under a certain amount of barrels, you can actually direct distribute to like local bars and stuff. Um, I'm probably wrong, but I want to quote at like 5,000 barrels a year or something like that, which, you know, I would fit in that boat. Um, but still, yeah, you're kind of hard selling, like trying to get it on at this bar or that bar and fighting for tap space, right? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you don't know if they clean their tap lines all the time. Uh, you don't want yeah, them to yeah. get a bad impression or something, especially when you're starting up. So, you know. That's kind of why I landed on doing a tap room. I mean, plus that's always been the vision. You know, it's just more fun. So. I think we're, we're, we jumped ahead a little bit. So, so this has actually been going on for a while, though, right? Like you just came out this earlier this year, but you'd been working on it for quite a while. Yeah, so, I think it's like two years in the making. I think so. I or um, I started the LLC. February last year. Um, so that's kind of when I started taking things seriously, uh, doing research on um, what I needed to do with my barn and all that. So, so what made you decide to go into, uh, go from homebrew to pro brew? Well, I've always wanted to run my own business. Um, 
you can see my alma mater in the background, but I, <laughs> I went through a uh, business school. Um, so really I, my career, um, to this point, I've just been learning, you know, getting the experience and, um, you know, trying to get a better handle on what it takes to run your own business. Um, and, you know, I mean, homebrewing, I kind of found by accident, I, I guess I found it through, uh, Brian and Jordan because, um, they were kind of into it, um, right about the time I met them, I guess. For some reason, I thought that you had started before me even. It might've been playing around with meads a little bit, but, um, mm, okay. you guys definitely got me into the first bells competition and uh, that's where everybody um, starts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The addiction sets in. And yeah. then uh, somehow knowing literally nothing, I was a finalist that first year and I was like, damn, maybe I'm good at this. Maybe, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've never topped that though. That's, that's, that's the, the rub there, but it's a tough competition though. I yeah. know we've covered it a few times here, but yeah, that's, a, that's you, a tough one. You've meddled at uh, Michigan beer cup before. You were, in fact, the first one out of all the new entries besides Jason to medal there. Yeah, yeah, true. I meant the Bells competition specifically. Yeah, but yeah, the home I mean, group. There's probably more Michigan uh, homebrew people watching um, than than um, Bells, but you know that's I think the <laughs> superior uh, competition. Yeah, Nikki, I hope you're watching. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've not not like uh Jason or Brian but I've or or Jordan even but I've uh I've taken a few medals out of the Michigan Beer Cup which was real exciting. And you have those hanging in the brewery. Yeah, very proud of those. Very so what's going to happen there man? You're going to you're going to stop home brewing with us? You're going to be consumed. You're going to be all burned out on yeah. Isn't that how it goes? <laughs> yeah. I mean if I can write it off as a pilot batch or something, you there know, you go. Yeah, yeah, there I is. think we can work something out, but there's the business mind coming out. There, there's gotta be a business <laughs> slant to it probably. Cause yeah, my free time is just gone. <laughs> as you say, once he goes pro, don't we have to like rip up his membership card or something? Kick him out. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jake Losey of Presidential Bruin is also still a member of Keepers of Craft, so we're just we're just we're just punching them out. Yeah, yeah, and actually, yeah, I mean, as long as uh, as long as you're you're you still decide to you know in your spare time break out your little five gallon uh, homebrew kit and and brew again, you can still enter as a homebrewer. Uh, but who the hell has time for that when you got a brewery to run? Yeah, I I didn't know if that seemed kind of scummy to do though you know i don't know there's competitions that specifically stated i don't know if beer cup does um but yeah it has to be brewed uh, it doesn't matter if you're a pro brewer there's still you know some people that are are, are head brewers and stuff still homebrew um i mean it's free unbiased feedback so i mean exactly you know it's valuable even if you're a commercial brewer for sure so isn't there like a like a glint cap story in there somewhere jason um there might be yeah Ryan. <laughs> i'm not gonna be the one to tell it though i guess <laughs> I, I i know okay i know of of a professional venter that won medals in a uh homebrew in, in, the, in, in the homebrew category so yeah. yeah you know but but who's to say 
Who's that, to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't have uh, any of my equipment set up yet, so I guess I'm technically still a home brewer until I brew my first, you know, bigger than 15-gallon batch of beer. That's the way I look at it. True. I know you just got a bunch of stuff in, right? Tell us about what you uh, what you've got in the brewery so far. Yeah, so um, I'm pretty close to a complete brew system. Um, you know, I uh, I got talking with Chris O'Neill over at One Well about um, what I was trying to do, and um, you know, kind of asking him some advice and stuff too. And um, he's like, "Well, you know, we've got our original three barrel system just sitting around collecting dust." I was like, "Really." You know, I'm like, oh, man, like, you know, so eventually um, we worked it out and um, I, I have uh, One Well's original three barrel system. It's like sitting on your property now. Yep. Dang. That's awesome. Keeper. Half of it's in my garage and half of it's in my barn, basically. <laughs> Keeper's actually brewed on that system a couple of times. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, we did that, that cot buster. And oh, my God. I've been trying to remember, remember the name of that beer for the yeah, longest I time. Yeah, I really liked it. I want to try uh, doing it myself. I can't. Uh, seven point. No, that was that was when we did Big Brew, actually. We did uh, Keeper's Red Rye, wasn't We might have yeah. done that on it, too. Yeah, I think yeah that it was, was that there. one with a whole bunch of molasses. That was the cot buster. Yeah. Yep. yep. What was the was the name of that beer? Cockbuster is that what they decided on? I can't remember the name of it that. It sounds the life of me. Very <laughs> David Jonesy. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that's I got uh, you know I got a mash ton. I got a boil kettle. Um, got a hot liquor tank from them i and then i also got a two barrel fermenter um and i mean all this stuff you know i was looking into new plastic stuff and and trying to price all that out and um it's really worked out well getting all this used equipment because it's a lot nicer system than what i would have ended ended up with otherwise um so it's direct fire um i'll probably do propane out in my barn um so is direct fire uh basically just like there's a flame underneath the kettle and like that's it or is there like yeah okay well they've got um they've got like a herm system too um but it's still yeah under the under the kettle itself is a big propane burner yeah so it's it's direct fire and i guess for those watching and opposed to like a, a steam jacket system right where you're actually heating a separate kettle that's that's the steam is and heating and boiling your 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 liquor or uh even versus um electric units right so you're 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 just like a home brewer with a propane tank just on a scale 90, up, 90 yeah. gallon set of fire yeah. 15 yeah <laughs> yep right. in a lot of ways that's nice because it i think it helps me with the transition um the equipment's not vastly different other than just being larger um and and yeah so and then segueing into what i'm drinking because oh, we never even asked i'm sorry the, yeah. well this goes into <laughs> ryan do apologize oh i also got two three barrel bright tanks from one well so i did get a few cold side things 
Um, but I also, uh, around the same time when I was picking up equipment, um, Trevor at OneWell had um, let me know that uh, Bravo was working on selling their equipment, and they had a bunch of quarter barrel kegs and six doles and uh, a couple fermenters and stuff. Um, so I, I talked to Sean over there, really nice guy, and um, we ended up working that out. So his um, their fermenters are kind of interesting, um, and you can look them up, but they're they're called uh, Blickman Ferminators, um, and they're kind of these modular things. So like you buy like sections and they all like clamp together and then they've got like a bubble top on top. So they ultimately expand to, uh, I want to say it's like around two barrels. Um, so, but they're modular. So what's cool is you could do like pilot batches on them or like, you know, if you're making something real off the wall, you don't know how it's going to sell or whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, you pulled them up there, but see, they got, they're like modular. I don't know. I've never seen is that, is that with those. Are these just like giant, like clamps? Yeah. yeah. Clamps. They're okay. like those, um, like my, um, spike flex has the same type of concept where it's got a big, um, clamp that, band that goes all the way around and you tighten it down almost like a giant c um, clamp like or whatever they call them I can't remember the name of it I don't know if that yeah is. cool so they expand up and which is kind of interesting um and yeah so anyway I, I i got those and i ended up getting um a bunch of kegs used kegs and um so one of the things was this is probably the last Bravo beer in existence here. Um, it's their uh, Magnum Midnight Magnum Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout. So it's it's about twelve percent, and uh, it's really good. <laughs> how much how much of that did you end up getting in those kegs? That's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, it was a full six dole. Oh my there, god! Yeah, and Sean was really excited. He's like, "Oh, you got a tap free at home?" You know, I was like. Sure, what you got, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So Yeah. Was uh so Sean is that the name of the one of the, one of the guys? Is he the owner? You see the guy that was doing brewing over there or? Yeah, I think it's him and his brother own the place if I'm okay. not mistaken. Uh but he you know, he started out home brewing and was, you know, obviously helping run the restaurant and stuff and uh, wanted to go pro with the brewing side of it and everything. So uh, I actually talked to him about like, hey, man, you should, you know, come to a keepers meeting and stuff because I, you know, I feel like he still might want to homebrew and stuff, even though he's not doing it professionally anymore. But Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Who wouldn't want to homebrew? Honestly, mm -hmm. we even got a somebody brewing right now so <laughs> yeah, I just saw his post in, uh, in, in, in keepers. Yeah. Cheers! Hope your brew goes good. Right on. Well, he's mashing in tonight. I think he's brewing tomorrow. So that's uh, some, you know, side side note. Uh, Brandon brought that up, but I never really uh, got into that. You know, twenty four hour overnight mashes. It's it's interesting. Breaking Seems up your day a little. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian Valier used to go home on uh, on lunch and uh, like mash in and go back to work. And then he would get home and just like finish up his brew day. 
I thought that was always like pretty smart. You know, there's always fears of like <clears throat> extracting extra, um, you know, tannins or something, or, or getting like a really high, um, you know, uh, really high efficiency or something like that, and kind of throwing off your brew day. But I don't know. I, it always seemed t time is the, the older you get, right? The, the more valuable time becomes, I think. So, <laughs> right. So I think the the bands I'm talking about are called V bands. V bands. Yeah, there are these giant rings of, and they actually use them on um, some some of the big equipment because they're just these big bands. You can make them as big as you want around a piece of stainless steel or whatever, and and you put a gasket in there, and then it all kind of clamps together. Just an ultra large triclover. Right. So uh, you've done a lot of work out there in the in the in the barn already. Uh, I know that you talked about having issues getting water, uh, and then kind of getting everything set up. How close do you think you are to finally, now that you got all this equipment, uh, when are you going to light it up? Well, um, some exciting news. Uh, I think tomorrow's the final floor drain inspection. Um, so at, after that, I can, you know, if we get the golden stamp tomorrow, then um, we can finish pouring the concrete and then that's kind of when everything can move fast and, and come together um you got like sewage all like dug out and stuff yeah well the floor drains yes um but i have a guy lined up to do um the sewage out which i don't know if it's a good time to get into that but that's yeah absolutely and i've done a lot of research on because yeah. of uh, I'm on septic where I'm at, um, and as far as I know, I only know of one other brewery that's um, tried to run things off a septic system. So um, it is a huge consideration. Like sewer definitely takes a lot of the guesswork out, like city sewer. Mm -hmm. um, but so the the other brewery I know of is Starving Artist up in Ludington, which um, Andy Thomas I know pretty well. Um, my brother-in-law and uh he's been super helpful to me too because you know he kind of went through a lot of this already but um if you get a chance to try his beer it's excellent um so do you just have to to consider like limiting your brews to allow your your drain field and, and tanks to drain off or like i mean that that sounds crazy to me I'd, i'm just curious about that yeah um so that's a lot of what what Andy does, um, he has, I think he told me like two 1500 gallon tanks daisy chained together with like wow. a two acre drain field. And this is massive. And he still has to get it pumped like once a month. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I've been trying to go a little bit of a different route. Um, I got, um, in touch with some people at the state of Michigan, um, Eagle is what they're called. In fact, they they made the press -E. recently. <laughs> you probably heard about the predator yes. drone getting attacked by a bald eagle or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's that's a good news story if you get the chance to read it. But um, yeah, that was their drone anyway. But um, the when you're not dealing with human waste, essentially the state kind of uh, becomes the de facto agency that you work with 
Um, and I don't have a bathroom or anything out there because it's purely a manufacturing facility. So um, it doesn't go through the local health department like a normal septic system does. Um, so the, the line I'm going down is um, my floor drains all go to an underground holding tank. I'm looking at doing like a 2000 gallon tank. Um, and it's, you know, I shovel out any of the solid matter I can, like, cause spent grains, you know, a little bit of hops and, um, yeast, all that stuff has a high nutritional value for like livestock and stuff. So my dad's a, a beef farmer. Um, so I've kind of got, you know, that lined up. In fact, he, he feeds a lot of Bell's spent grain right now, uh, oddly <laughs> enough. So. Uh, cause he, he has a friend that's a big dairy farmer that gets like semi loads of bills spent grain. And then he goes and picks up his truckload of buckets or whatever he does. So I kind of um, wish I knew of a guy that would do that. I could like dump my spent grains off to just locally, you know, like yeah. 10 miles away or something. Just be like, Hey, you know, and I've got a truck. I'll just throw my friend in the back after brewing after rather than dumping it out back and letting my dog eat it. I used to have uh, uh, my, my, my boy's friend's ex-girlfriend used to have chickens. And so I know it's a, it's a long chain, but we used to be able to put my bag of spent grains out on the porch and this girl or her dad would just come and get it and feed the chickens. But unfortunately, uh, you know, people grow up and move apart. And now I don't know anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chickens. My brother has <laughs> chickens, turkeys, and ducks. Well, have him come pick up my sprint grain. Maybe it's yours. <laughs> maybe I, yeah, maybe I just need to start saving that for him. Yeah. I think, you know, there's the, you could probably try like the farm service agencies to get in touch with uh, some farmer. I mean, there's, there's definitely some farmers around that would love like free spent grain. You know, I think it's, it's a difference though. And it's like, you know, I mean, I brew, you know, five gallons twice a month and Brian brews five gallons, you know, maybe six times a month. It's still just a, it's kind of a pain in the ass for us Drop to haul, you know, 20 pounds of, yeah, spent grain out a week uh, for somebody, but yeah. Yeah. You'll so like one cow or something. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so being that you're not, you're not actually dealing with human, you know, gray water or whatever, uh, or, or even black water, you, you know, that, so, so you can, you can kind of just what I, I assume spread that out a little bit more, um, liberally. Yeah. So, um, you know, it goes into the tank and then I'm going to use a pump, um, that goes up into a portable tank. Um, they make these ones that fit right in your truck bed. So I have a, as you, as some of you know, I've got kind of a junk truck on my property that still runs. Uh, but it basically never leaves the property. So that's going to be my glorified waste hauling, uh, <laughs> rig. And, um, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to build some kind of simple PVC kind of, uh, pipe coming off of the thing that'll sort of distribute, um, the wastewater. Um, because really a lot of the stuff you're using it, like, especially on a commercial scale, like you're dealing with, um, like some acids and stuff, but it's still vast majority of it's just water at the end of the day. Um, and all of the organic soils that you're dealing with are all compostable and beneficial for like plant life. So, um, I'm still going through this groundwater discharge permit process. Um, 
but you know the my initial reaction from the state is i think they uh, are kind of on board as long as i am testing things and making sure you know that's um, awesome yeah that's pretty so cool, it's way it's gonna it's a lot of red tape but it it will save a ton of money over time um it's basically the way i'm looking at it that's really cool and before we get too far because uh, I, I want to catch her while she's still on. Remember, as soon as you have a tap room, um, I think that's a requirement. Deb can correct me if I'm wrong, but you have to have a tap room where, where people can buy your beer. Uh, then you can be on the Tag Brew Trail. So, so Drew, All uh, right. you know, reach out to her now and start having her work on those Doster Brewing uh, copper tags. Absolutely. Yeah. Right on. Very cool. I got to grab another beer. I know I'm talking so much. I'm really nursing this thing, but that's all right. Uh, yeah. So um, I don't know. Wastewater is something that uh, by necessity I've had to get kind of excited about, I guess. Um, and big shout out to water by John Palmer. If you haven't read it, um, it talks a lot about water minerals and, you know, making sure you know, you're getting the flavors you want out of your beer and, and accentuating the hops and all that. But there's also a great deal of that book that um, is spent talking about wastewater um, and something uh, breweries in general use an absolute ton of water. Um, it So your ultra modern mega brewery um, might only have one barrel of wastewater for one barrel of beer produced but on the other end of the spectrum you might have eight barrels of wastewater for one barrel of beer produced that's like a massive disparity and um it has a lot to do with thinking through your process and how you do your cleaning um and being efficient with all that so um because it's going to be kind of a pain in the butt for me to pump this stuff out and move it out there. It's, it's something I've spent a lot of time thinking about. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think breweries could kind of lead the charge in, in that sort of, um, conservation effort, I guess. So in, in that sort of like area, like, a like cooling, like boiling wort, like typically takes like quite a bit of water, right? Like, but it really just, runs and changes temperature it doesn't actually usually get much added to it or taken away or you know unless you're using glycol or something like that but mm -hmm. um is is are you gonna be using like water or glycol or are you saving water like from that process or is that something that you've considered so yeah um my plan is to build a closed system um and in my case it makes sense to actually use 100 percent water um i didn't this was something I didn't know before I started looking into this stuff, but um, water is actually better at transferring temperature than glycol, hmm. uh, which I thought it was the other way around. But it's like glycol can get colder then? Yes. Oh, glycol has a lower freezing temperature, which is why people like to use it. So that works great if you have, you know, like a glycol chiller that gets super cold um, off by itself. But... Um, I'd kind of like to use the like the walk-in cooler and so you could have you know a big tank of water in there figure out what what your um, cooling demand is to get your 
93 gallons down to pitching temperature. Um, and then you could even take that um, water coming off of the plate chiller and put it back into your hot liquor tank and use it for cleaning or whatever. Um, so there's there's a lot of good options. Um, but I, I'm kind of looking at doing it doing it sort of as a closed system. So it would go into my hot liquor tank. I'd let it cool down a little bit in there just from ambient and then pump it back into it the walk-in cooler. Yeah. And That's then, really cool. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're, you're, I think I asked the question is when are you going to do your first water run or, or your first um, batch? So, so you, you just mentioned you have, you have your final inspection this week. If that goes well, where does that take you? Uh, I mean, yeah. So testing it as a water run, probably realistically a couple months out. Um, okay. I still have a fair amount of permitting to do through like TTB and the state and that sort of thing. Um, something that's kind of funny is the, the TTB doesn't really want you submitting a permit until you've got a really good idea of what your equipment is. So who's the TTB? Uh, it's the federal branch that regulates um, alcohol sales. What is it? Uh, tobacco something and something. Okay. Tax and Trade Bureau. <laughs> Tax and Trade Bureau. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, which I'm I'm going to go through a lawyer to do that stuff because that's oh, just yeah, a whole no other doubt. can of worms I don't even want to deal with. Yeah, it's officially the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau. So, yeah, that makes sense that they're um, they're going to want their piece, right? Mm-hmm. So, what do they need to know? What equipment? Like you're rolling with? They need to know how much beer you can produce because they want to make sure they're getting their appropriate tax cut. Uh, and um, I've learned from several breweries that you want to go ahead and put tax determination tank right on your bright tank. Any any and all bright tanks you have. And I've noticed uh, Distant Whistle does it, and I, I've noticed One Well does okay. it. So because... Some TTB agent might show up someday, and and you want to make sure they know this is like our bottleneck on how much we can produce, kind of thing. I've actually, I think I've been in, I, I I've probably been in in the the back rooms at dozens of breweries, and I think it's something I always laugh at because I, I I've seen it in everyone. Yeah. You know, somewhere there's that that sticker, or it's written, and yeah, tax determination tank. Huh. Yep. That's something I've never, I've never noticed. Yeah, That's I've funny. never seen that. Oh, next time you're walking through one well, yeah, you walk, you walk through that room where all the brights are, and it's right there. <laughs> uh. Yep, it's like where's Waldo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you just crack, Drew? Uh, this is uh, a potential candidate for the one of the first beers on tap here. This is my uh, Mister E machine. It's a uh, emphasis on the E because it's all E hops. It's a New England IPA style. Um, it's got Eldorado, Enigma, and Yukonot in it. So One drop of ecstasy per barrel. Mm, now that would make it sell, wouldn't it? That's what I said the other night. It's it's probably not good to come out with an E-E-E beer uh, considering... <laughs> 
uh, I, I read last week that EEE is back in Michigan. So uh, on top of COVID and all the other shit that we've got going on this fall, we're probably all going to, oh. you know, nobody's going to be able to go out <laughs> after five o'clock because of uh, uh, EEE. So cool. maybe save that for a future. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to call it EEE. <laughs> or don't just, just don't put Mr. E with three E's in it. <laughs> yeah. Right People, on. There, there are some breweries I have been putting out like COVID beers and shit. Like, uh, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of water though, like, I, and I may, I might've missed this uh, because I had to step away for like a half sec. Uh, but what are you doing for water? Um, like, you, you said that you uh, you have septic, right? So, what you're on a well too? Yep. So they they put a well in, um, and they like dedicated right. to the brewery. Yeah. So funny enough, the guy that dug the well, I was like, "Here's what I want," you know. And I've never had like, uh, I don't know. That's it was just a cool thing because it's <laughs> like this would be, be my ideal brewing profile. I realize it might not be attainable, but um, I know what I want and here's the information. So it ended up, he basically made it kind of as shallow as he could um, to keep a lot of the iron out and stuff. Um, and at this point it hasn't gone a hundred percent through the full process um, because I'm waiting to get the concrete poured and then he can put the, expansion tank in and then um at that point i'll actually get it tested through the local health department and all that so i don't know yet but realistically i'm probably going to end up with an ro system um but hopefully it's it's not going to be taxed as much as it was because of how we did the well i guess so how long just a step back here you've been working on this now for this is you're in your second year is that right mm -hmm. and and you're still months away from potentially brewing your first tank so you know one i i i admire what you're going through but i, I think just to call it out for for people homebrew every homebrewer it's like someday i want to order open a brewery and the the, the time and dedication and drive that, that you have to have to actually go through it is immense and uh yes how how's this uh how's this been with the family is uh everybody been really supportive of it or yeah Wait. i mean so i think any any home brewer um that's done well at brewing you've probably heard people say hey you should open a brewery right you know um <laughs> when's your brewery opening up yeah 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 <laughs> um but there's you really gotta like you really have to like enjoy doing like analysis and spreadsheets. And, um, I don't really enjoy the bureaucratic piece of it, but I like, I understand why you got to do those things. Um, and so it's not all, I just brew beer and that's all I do. That's mm -hmm. probably a very small part of, of what you do is the reality. Um, but the good news is I'm kind of a, spreadsheet nerd and i do kind of enjoy those things so i guess that would be my tip for anybody that's looking to get into it is like um you know work on your excel foo and <laughs> you'll be in a good place right on 
See, I mean, it's, it, it goes beyond, way beyond just being able to brew a good batch of beer. I mean, you have the, the business acumen that you have to have and, you know, the, like I said, the dedication, this is life-changing. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, people people have said that before. When are you going to open your own brewery? And I'm like, no, not a chance in hell. People like that are crazy. True. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I say that with all the respect. You're crazy. <laughs> Uh, you know, though, like, I mean, you, I don't know it, you got to find something that, that gets you out of bed in the morning. Right. Like, I mean, I, right now I, I work to live, not live to work. And, um, I, I think brewing is my live to work. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm still working a day job, which is why partly this process has been so slow. Um, but you know, I'm trying to be smart about it. Uh, there's there's a hundred stories of businesses that have um, started undercapitalized and they just never got the chance to get going too. So um, that's a very real thing. You know, I see I don't breweries. Want to that boat. <laughs> I see breweries that have have said that they're going to start this organically. You know, grow as the brewery grows and 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 let the business kind of take them where they are. And they're still around today. And then you see other ones go out and get a bunch of investment money and uh, you know, try to force it and, uh, yep. and they're not here anymore. So no, it's, it's, it's a good plan. Yep. So you got any other recipes lined up besides Mr. E machine? Yeah. Um, gee, I've got a spreadsheet of like my theoretical. So I, I feel like a minimum of six taps is a good idea for starters. Um, this ties right in. Uh, Brandon just asked a similar question. What other flagship beers are you planning or working on? Yeah. So, um, two seconds too late, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> you missed the boat. Fail. While you're looking that up, uh, Brian, thanks for this. Permastank? Permastank. Yeah. It's delicious. That's uh, it's quite tasty. Transient beers are usually a hit for me. They're they're very few misses. I uh yeah. I got like an American rice lager from them too. It's called the uh, Tiger Style. Oh, actually, I saw that at Mega Bev. I almost bought it. Yeah, I yeah. Say, I, mean, I actually think I have some of that. Yeah. It's I mean, it is exactly what it is. Like it tastes like a like ultra premium, you know, bud or something. Like I don't know. It's Get good. With yeah, flavor. It's it's super <laughs> I mean, it's like ten bucks for a four pack of like yep whatever beer but yeah it's solid so and, and this you know let me know in the chat if you have a particular style or something that is just like your your crushable beer your go-to um but theoretically my my six beers that would be on tap first is this um mr e machine so a new england ipa um my cafe con leche stout uh, a variation of that. So that's the one that did really well at Bell's. It's a coffee milk stout uh, that I've made a lot of times. It's a, um, uh, isn't that a, you've won a medal with that, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I think that won gold at Michigan Beer Cup one year. Okay. Um, maybe a, maybe like a silver or bronze a different year. Um, and then a variation of the beer I called Hop Siege, which won the the boatyard, boatyard. competition. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, Brian helped me brew that. I did. 
That was fun. That I was, was, uh, was a, I, I had uh, I was up there to claim that award for you. I took I took silver. Yeah. <laughs> that was a Centennial uh, IPA, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, nice. It was all Centennial. Not too dissimilar to like Two Hearted or something, mm-hmm. but sort of that standard American IPA. Um, I I really want to have a Hellas Lager because that's like one of my favorite styles. That's yep. something I'm very passionate about and took gold one year at the Michigan Beer Cup in that as well. Um, and then I feel like you got to have a cider for like people who aren't into beer or either like a cider or hard seltzer. Or I mean, even like then, that. I've been on a huge cider kick lately. Like, ask Shana, I, I will still go to places and order their cider. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, it's one of my first clients. Like, it just, it, it hits a spot sometimes. We just got done. We, I just got back from the UP. We, we, we took our kid to college and, and we had a couple of breweries up there. And I was really bummed when I walked in with my wife, who's not a beer drinker, uh, you know, and, and I mean, in one of the breweries, she, she drank a blonde ale. Uh, and I think she she choked it down. But yeah, I appreciate breweries having at least something, not beer, beer on tap. Yeah. Or uh, what were you saying, Jordan? About. I think you. I think it sounded like you were going to chime in for a second when we when the cider discussion first happened. <laughs> I oh, thought I heard your no, voice. Maybe, yeah, maybe I you probably coughed. said something, but I. Cider's I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a great idea, though. Yeah, I mean. It, God damn it, Jordan, say something. <laughs> well, I, I might have to hit you up about hard seltzers, man. I feel like that is such a thing, and that probably the next thing I'm going to make on like a homebrew scale is is a hard seltzer because. Um, I really I, enjoy it. Really blowing up, and it's something I don't really understand super well. So, were you yeah. at a, you were you were at Homebrew Fest with us last year? Both both Jason and I had heart seltzers that were on tap, not simultaneously. Two years though. ago, I was not there last year. Oh, yeah, last year, yeah, your peach cider or seltzer was it was peach, right? Yeah, yeah, your peach yeah. was good. It was delicious. Yeah, 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 yeah I really liked your watermelon too. We used different sugars though. You used. Uh, what? I did, I just did pure dextrose, so it, you know, dextrose and water. You use sucrose, yeah. Yeah. Something that might be interesting for people watching is, um, which I think this is what you guys did, is you still fermented it in sort of, um, you know, the beer fashion. Like you can't, you can't just do vodka and fruit juice and carbonated water like and call that a hard seltzer we, we can you, yeah you're right we can you can't uh, because then it's a it's a spirits based drink and you have to have a different license yep so what i'm getting at there is like that's easy anybody can kind of make like a mixed drink like that um but starting with yeast and going through that whole process with something like that and having to end up clear and in the right fruit profile and stuff is, is so a different thing. The difference I think what Jordan and I did is, is, you know, it's just a sugar watch, pick your sugar in your water and a yeast that'll eat through it um, to get you where you're going. Um, I don't, Jordan, did you filter? No. Yeah. So, you know, I, we had Ed from Arclight on before he's a friend of mine and we talked through this at the time and, and uh, I, I think I brewed mine first. Um, and he did a similar method, but being a brewery, he has more equipment and, and resources than I do. So he did a, a charcoal filter, and I believe that's what the big boys do. They, um, when you when you ferment sugar and water, it comes out kind of yellowish. 
mm-hmm. and they're they're filtering through charcoal or activated charcoal just to get it as crystal clear white as possible. But I think Jordan and I going for three ounce pours at homebrew fest don't really give a shit. You know? yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, that's got to be a real challenge because that's a popular uh, marketing, like unfiltered and yeah. unpasteurized or whatever, you know, like a lot of craft use that. So I was going to say that's Budweiser bullshit, but um, <laughs> did yeah. uh, does, does Arclight do uh, like a step up process? Cause when I, when I made mine, I think I did like, two gallons or two and a half gallons of like a super high ABV. Yeah. And then diluted it back down. I, I believe, and I doubt he's watching, but I can text him later, but I believe they, cause they just did this with a Berliner vice where they brewed it at like 10, 10 and a half percent and then step it down uh, to like a 5% range. And I believe that's what he did with that. Um, I didn't, I did a full five gallon, um, batch of water and dextrose, like 10 pounds of dextrose, five gallons of water. Uh, I tried pitching 05 on it. Uh, it died out. So I came behind it with uh, champagne and, oh, and, and it got, got the job done. But I think the, the mind finished with like a, a, a whiny characteristic in the end. Yeah. I think um, mine did too as well. So, but I used white wine yeast, so yeah. But I'm I'm told that filtering will also help get rid of some of that those whiny notes, and then of course you flavor after you filter. So yep. brew, filter, flavor. Because uh, if you filter after you flavor, you'll filter all the flavor out. <laughs> so there, oh, there you go, Drew. Something I'm gonna, um... By the way, was a coffee blonde. <laughs> coffee blonde. Oh, wow, okay. There you go. Uh, but well, you, I thought six was the cider seltzer. No, no okay. I just think. watched Duster Brewing upgrade to eight taps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I never got to number six. We got okay. on a tangent, is what happened. But we are famous for side topics here. That's uh, that's all that's I want to do right here. Does man? That's what uh, you know. That's what this stuff does. It's great for so, that. So, so Bill says anything that you plan to avoid brewing. Any 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 styles that will never hit your taps? That's a great question, Bill. Um, you know, I, I starting out, I'd be pretty reluctant to do a whole lot of sours. And um, I what know kind of sours? Say. Uh, well, I mean, okay, so non kettle sours, I guess I should say. Um, but you know, like I mean, Philly sour yeast has me really like i would love to play around with that um a little bit because as i understand it and correct me if i'm wrong um you know i think like your risk of contamination and stuff is a lot lower with something like that Um, so yeah so the information that's come out so far says yeah it's very cutting edge stuff and to be honest i don't know if you could get it uh on a commercial scale like with a reasonable price behind it that's what I've kind of gotten from some other brewers that have kind of toyed with that. But um, I'll be honest, like, I mean, the thing about sours is like, you know, it's great to have a nice sour, but like, it's, you're not going to like crush a bunch of them, you know, like in general, it's kind of like a one and done sort of thing, especially if it's got a real sour bite to it. Um, So I don't know if I would be going after that to begin with, but um 
something I do think I'd like to focus on is a lot of barrel age stuff. So that might kind of evolve into that over time. Um, you know, cause my original plan was to also do distilling where you could have, um, you know, kind of like New Holland does where they age their beer and, um, you know, previously like a whiskey sort in of their own whiskey barrels. Yeah. And then, and then they go right back and they put whiskey back in there and they have the beer barrel aged bourbon or whatever. I mean, that's a genius marketing thing that like is awesome. And they're kind of the only one that does that as far as I know. So did we touch on that yet? Doster distilling company? No, not yet. <laughs> but actually on that, I think through Jameson Guinness is doing something like that right now. So you, oh, you've okay. got Jameson, you can get, stouted whiskey and you can also get ipa whiskey the cask mates and I know the, 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 the oh, cask mate series okay. but I, yeah. I i had heard that guinness is now going and this could be wrong it's a rumor but i heard guinness is then going to take those cask mate barrels and go back and uh that's next year's gimmick is going to be seeing some guinness barrel aged shit so could be wrong i don't know it it's a great gimmick i mean yeah um you know, it's some, it's a unique product. Um, people clamor for that kind of thing. Like, and, and at the end of the day, it's it's good. It's good bourbon, at least like to me or whatever. So you yeah. know, it's an awesome so, idea. So, what are are you are you pursuing a distilling license as well at the same time? Not at this point. Um, for one thing, I think like in my current location, um, when you move to distilling, you're dealing with a ton more wastewater. Um, and really that, like in my situation, I can do a lot of things. Um, you know, so I have my own well water, which is a lot cheaper than getting like city water or something like that. But something I'm very, um, cognizant about is the waste that comes out of my facility because that's something that's expensive or labor intensive to do. Um, and distilling like adds a whole nother can of worms because you're, you know, you might be trying to produce like a hundred times um, to get that same amount of product yield. Yeah. I imagine there's, well, I guess I, I, I don't really know if there would be or not, but it'd be interesting to know if there's like different regulations on the other distillates that you would get. Cause when you, when you distill, you're not only getting alcohol. So there are other byproducts. Are there, what, what are you going to be able to do with that? Yeah. So I, I heard, um, you know, cause I've been talking with people in these circles and stuff. So as I understand it, like three Oaks, um, did, you know, down the sewer for a long time. Um, or like a uh, journeyman distilling mm-hmm. out in three Oaks is what I mean. Um, and then, um, now they ship everything because like eventually it got so expensive. It was actually cheaper to load their wastewater on a friggin' semi and take it to get processed somewhere else. Like crazy. (laughs) It is such a huge, huge part of like a brewery's expense, depending on where you are and how much, you know, their, their production is massive because they're a distillery. So it's not like you can take that stuff and just like dump it back in your, (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> your plants and stuff like you you could waste water yeah, yeah. Waste water, yeah 
Yep. So where um, you're talking about tap room, where are you looking at? What areas? Anything in mind? Uh, yeah. Um, well, so my dream location in a way, and it's, I probably shouldn't even be talking about this because I haven't really. <laughs> it's okay to dream. Uh, this is all dream, let's say. There's been no discussions about this. Um, there's a humble little place called the Doster Store in, in oh, Doster, Michigan. In Doster, Michigan, yeah. Yeah. So Which then, is actually where your family's from. It is. Right? I grew up there, and all my family's around there. So I have a ton of community support, let's say. Um, and, you know, it, I don't think it would be a terrible area to do something like that. Oh, right off um, 131, right? Well, it's off of M89, but there's a couple lake communities nearby. Um, so, you know, and, the, and there's a big golf course there. Like, I mean, people need to drink beer, right? So, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then it, it's also, like, about the city of Doster and not just me, you know. So, that would be like my dream location. And if you've ever had their pizza and stuff, like it's amazing. So they've already got food. For pizza. Yeah. They've got food kind of taken care of already. So I don't know. Well, there you go. That takes one piece of the item, you know, piece of the puzzle off your plate. Right. Right. I don't know anything about making food. So <laughs> maybe it becomes Doster store and brewery. Yeah. It's, it's a cool. <laughs> Historic building, um, you know. Doster I don't know. Tap room. <laughs> There's nothing out that way for sure. You could oh. uh, you could hook a keg up to like a golf cart or something, and like drive around the golf courses, like a instead of being like a, you know, cart girl or, or whatever, and you'd just be like, Doster boy. Hey, why can't we have mobile beer trucks? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not. You know, I've gone golfing like twice in my lifetime, um, so I'm not much of a golfer. But I, I've heard it's a great course, and um, I think they do well out there. So, I, yeah, I mean, you need beer when you're golfing for sure. <laughs> right on. Somebody said something back in chat that I was trying to find. I don't know where it was. Bring oh, on the Dunkle Vice. Yeah, I need yeah. to work on that, Brandon. I, I see that. And Ron says it was Bullet Whiskey, not Jameson, for that discussion earlier. No, I have Jameson. It's Jameson. The Jameson Caskmates, yeah, yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah, Jameson Caskmates. Uh, I'm staring at one. Personally, I wouldn't put it in the same tier as um, New Holland's Bourbon or beer barrel aged bourbon, but I am no bourbon expert. So I mean bullet I might know. be doing it too, but I know Jameson's Jameson's did it. But I've had a pretty wide variation from the uh beer barrel bourbon. Which is good though, kinda right? Like a like I don't know, I think that's what I would want, sort of. Like as long as it's good. It's sort of like getting, you know, like every year's you know, uh, bourbon county stout or something. Right. I, the the, the flavor is going to come as the barrels change and running about 50%. Like I've had, I think about four bottles of it and, uh, 
like two of them were really good. Um, and then two of them were kind of mm, uh, a little, little lifeless. But well, other than that, like I'll keep buying it. I still want to get into distilling at some point. Um, it's not feasible, I think, with my current setup. But I will say bourbon is like my personal favorite. It's actually the most highly regulated spirit in the world. And they are very, like, even if you buy like the bottom shelf bourbon, a lot of effort goes into that, you know, yeah, this kind of crazy. This is what Ron's talking about is Guinness is teamed up with bullet. So I am mixing my stories where I'm looking at, uh, cask mates is doing something on this, but it wasn't Guinness. So I, I mixed Jameson with Guinness. It wasn't Guinness. Ron's right. Bullet. So there's stock ale. Yeah. So there is. Oh, okay. That's not the full circle that we were talking about because Jameson is aging their whiskey in beer barrels. And now they're going to do something with those beer barrels and then go back into the bullet barrel or not bullet. God damn it. The, there's going to be like a double or a repeat where this is just a bourbon uh, the Guinness is just aging in bourbon barrels. So in order for this to, to connect like we were talking about, Ron is then bullet would have to take those barrels and age a bullet in a Guinness barrel that would then go back and become the next round of Guinness. That's what Jameson's doing with Caskmates is uh, they've aged a whiskey in a beer barrel that's been aged in a whiskey barrel. And now they're going to go back and do another here with it or some <laughs> stupid shit that's what i was getting to uh but it's not i don't know the i don't know the answer to this but is there any reason you couldn't have a perpetual cycle like a solera type yeah like circle you're it seems like you're putting the white dog or whatever the the, the raw whiskey in there yeah um that would kind of re-sanitize everything and then it ages with a little bit of that stout character and then you put your stout back in like um i don't know the answer to that i I feel like it would eventually get to a sort of equilibrium in that you know say after the sixth seventh eighth use of the barrel it was basically you know aged and you know something beer whiskey-ish and and you're just not getting much whiskey or beer flavor out of it maybe like something will change but it's not going to be as like prominent as maybe like if it was just one or the other to start with. It looks like um, it was Big Dog Brewing, not Guinness. So there was seems like your up. risk of infection would be low, like having an accidental sour. Well, I I think I think risk of infection is low, but like 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 Brian just said, I mean, you wash the barrel out. Eventually, you know, all of the good shit that bourbon gets out of a barrel. Uh, you know, bourbon takes a, a, the, the, the lion's share of good shit oh, out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, sure. All, all the tannins and, and all that. Right, the, and then, yeah, then yeah. you put a beer in it, and that beer gets the leavings. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Jameson comes along and puts another whiskey in it. You know, and there, the, you know that, that then to go back into another beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you'd have to do like a recharge, uh, or a rechar, not charge. Like a you know, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. You, you your charcoal like factor would go it's, down. It's over time. it's the it's the gimmick circle of life. Yeah. 
it's a genius gimmick though. I'm telling it you. It is. I mean, I genius. bought the I bought the castmates and now that Ron said it, I'll I'll buy that Guinness stouted or BBA stout. That's where I was getting my wires crossed on Guinness and and the castmates, but yeah, I'll buy them. Fuck it, I love Guinness. And uh it sounds really I love good. Jameson. So Yeah. <laughs> so I'll keep doing it all. What uh Drew you mentioned um your, your like flagship beers and stuff like that. Are there any like uh like seasonal things you want to do? Um like uh Oktoberfests or you know uh, Christmas ales or whatever. Yeah, um so I'm I'm very partial to like German beer styles. Um I mentioned the Helleslager earlier, mm-hmm. so which is delicious. You know, having Oktoberfest, Martzens, you know, that kind of stuff um, is something I definitely would like to offer. And the funny thing is, like, I feel like for a long time that, um, you know, that stuff kind of was like eh, not very desirable, but I think it's making like a comeback, like um, especially like lagers and stuff, like a well-made lager, I think is kind of making a comeback. Like people are realizing there's a difference between a craft beer lager that's well-made and, you know, your Budweiser or whatever. So, yeah. Just to keep on the off topic shit, Gerald, uh, they have to use new barrels for bourbon. That's a uh, state law. Yeah. Uh, not whiskey, um, just bourbon and, um, white oak, right? Okay. Yeah, it has, it has to be. It has to be white American, oak. Has to be American white oak. I American white oak. Other white oaks, but and then it has to be aged for three years. And then the other thing with this gimmicky shit that they're doing, where it's a bourbon beer, bourbon beer, bear, bourbon beer, <laughs> that is technically now just a spirit, and they can do whatever the hell they want. They just yeah. Well, I mean. But it's like they're not selling it as a pure bourbon or a pure whiskey. They're selling it, you know, even Jameson, it's cask mate. Well, Jameson's now, this, not a bourbon anyway, but. This might be something people don't know. Bourbon does not have to be made in Kentucky. That is a common. No, no, it just, it has to be white. Like you said, uh, American white oak it has to be aged three years oak. and it has to have a, the grain bill has to be mostly corn. I think bourbon. Google yeah, there, there is a there is a percentage. I think yeah. Uh, all right, so bourbon must be distilled to no more than 160 proof, so 80 percent. It must be aged in new charred oak <laughs> barrels. And my screen stopped on me. It must be made of a grain mixture that is at least 51 percent corn. And it may not be introduced to the barrel at higher than 125% proof or 125 proof. So it's more, it's the most regulated spirit in the world. Uh, It's just, it's amazing to me. So any, whoops, we have corn. Corn. (laughs) Sorry, Rob. That was a misclick because you popped in. Uh, Fuck that. Have corn. Um, Everyone have corn. Corn. So any less popular styles you're going to bring to the masses? Any, any, man, you're the lager guy. Yeah. I mean, that kind of is, but I think it's making a comeback. I Um, feel I want, maybe it's just my hopes and dreams for 2021, but yeah. 
You know, something I know Jason doesn't like, but I, I think has its place is oh, like fuck uh, you. smoke, <laughs> smoke oh. beers. You know, those, those, those have a place. Uh, like a, like a can... Show's over, folks. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it has a place. I've enjoyed. What's that? So I've had very few smoked beers that I've enjoyed. You gotta not overdo it. I mean, yeah. seems like that's something that's really easy to overdo. You know, Alaskan Brewing built their brand on their smoked porter, though. Like, I swear to God. So, I mean, there is a market for it. It's just not you guys, I guess. I think the the the, the appropriate level of smoking a beer is if, whilst the beer is brewing, you go out behind the brewery and smoke a cigarette or a, a cigar, <laughs> uh, and then go back inside. That's that's the the top end. You like secondhand smoked beers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, no, there's no place in the world for smoked beer. But malt in your, in your scotch tree. ales again. <sighs> Going back a few episodes, don't do it. Not appropriate. Don't do it. <laughs> that's right. It's not a scotch ale if you put heated malt in it. Scotch does not mean scotch ale or whatever. Uh, but Drew, I mean, I think your lagers are amazing. And I do say that or I do, I, I don't see very many craft breweries doing good craft lagers. Um, it, it's rare. It's, you know, um, so do you have a plan to, to bring the lagers on it? And when we were going through your six, I don't know if you specifically set a lager, are you going to set aside some equipment to lager? Yeah. I, uh, well, I mentioned my Hellas lager. Was oh, the Hellas. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to drink some more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, the nice thing about, uh, I've got two, three barrel bright tanks, um, and a pretty good size walk-in cooler. Um, so I think I could fit one of the fermenters in there pretty easily. Um, which my walk-in cooler is all DIY. Um, people ever heard of like Coolbot, where you use that with a uh, window AC unit to kind of hack the thing to go down to like, you know, 38 degrees or whatever. Are you um, doing it with just one window shaker? Like, or is it multiple? Like, how are you going to accomplish that with, or the, what's the BTUs on? I was thinking about it the other day. So this is yeah. going to come up. Like, how are you doing your cool chamber? So one nice thing is I've done all like spray foam insulation, like really good stuff. Um, so I think that's going to get me a lot of the way there. Um, it's also like, I can't remember what BTUs is it, it, it is, but it's like the biggest one that can run off a 15 amp circuit, whatever that is. Um, so I think it should do the job as long as I insulate everything well. There's going to be insulation under the concrete as well because that room's being poured. So like two inches under the concrete. Under, yeah. that's awesome. Is that a thing? That is the thing. That huh. is the thing. That's where you're wow. going to lose most of your your right because the ground is fifty all something. You, all your cold air wants to yep go out the bottom right huh. into the ground. I never considered so. that. That's so cool. Okay. The yeah. Earth is a massive heat sink. Yeah, I guess you're yeah. right. Yeah. Because your room's thirty eight degrees and and your ground is I don't know sixty or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know you're going to have. Huh issues maintaining that temperature do you have to 
do you have to leave like space in between the insulation and the concrete like you do for like walls and stuff kind of or how, how does that work you just like spray foam or something or no you, you buy like a like rigid foam um that can withstand you got to buy stuff that can actually hold up concrete essentially fair okay I never yeah. knew this was a thing. Yeah, same thing. Did and, did you know this, or did your concrete pour tell you? Um. Yeah. I mean, I talked to to him about it and what, how I was going to use it for a walk-in cooler, and he's like, "Well, you should put some insulation under there." And no, I didn't know that was a thing before I talked to him. All the but, all the shit you learn. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. like um, calling another keeper. Art Connet has a root cellar in his house where in the basement they dug just a big hole and they filled it with pea gravel and river rock and that room is always like 58 degrees how deep i you know i don't know i i, I can say deep i think sure. I, asked, I i i've stood in it before and asked art like how deep and i think he's like deep real deep <laughs> 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 but that's the thing is is the earth down there you know and yeah underneath your concrete like like you said, cold air sinks, hot air rises. All that cold air is going to sit on the floor. Yep. The earth is going to act like a massive heat sink and just suck all that out because mm -hmm. it's 58 degrees and it's always yeah, so going to be 58 degrees. I guess what you're really doing is keeping the hot ground from infiltrating your right. um, yep. walking cooler is what you're really doing. But That's think cool about Think think about the middle of winter, right? Like it should be no issue keeping your walking cooler what it is. But the problem is the ground underneath you is still like sixty degrees and it's trying to push its way up through that concrete. And concrete is it seems solid, but it's still kind of porous at the same time. So sure. yeah. Yeah. Right. I would imagine it's a better uh conductor of heat than your foam, spray foam or any any foam. So yeah. that's cool. So you've listed all these beers. What's your very first one that you're going to brew in your new system? Well, I'm going everything's to do, all up and going. Yeah, I'm going to start with something that um, maybe is a little more forgiving. I will mm -hmm. probably not start with a New England IPA. Uh, <laughs> maybe probably like a stout, like um, of some kind. Um, no whirlpool hops. No. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's just you know, it's a little forgiving in terms of appearance and um you know, like yeah, it's less hops to deal with. Um and it, it's something maybe I've brewed the most, honestly, of anything. So I think your well water used to produce like really good stouts. Well not used to, but but does <laughs> yeah and, and i'm 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 kind of I'm, I'm with this too a little bit scotch ale like Do it. Uh, yeah. i love me some some we have i've said it a couple weeks like ago that. i'll say it again man that um what was it the the cavake at was it esper sp sp yeah man that that scotch ale that came out of that i thought was awesome and, and so I gave you that yeast and I can't speak for how, you know, clean it was. Mm -hmm. um, Omega actually has a like retail packaged SB strain now. So 
um, it could be worth going back and 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 brewing with that again because I know your We Heavy uh, sort of got a little tart over time. Yeah, and and I almost wonder because a lot of these, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not natural, but like the authentic from like the farm Quake yeasts. Uh, some of them did contain bacteria. Ah, um, uh, okay. So it's it's tough to say what I actually got. It probably was like the authentic thing, but it wasn't necessarily uh, isolated. So, so you're saying I shouldn't ferment beer with a plastic bag you got on the internet somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not if you're trying to make money off of it. Yeah. I'll just we'll we'll stick with that. Yeah, uh, and if whoever's listening, if you, if you guys want you know plastic baggies, uh, hit me up on Facebook. I'll mail you some. I was gonna say uh, Brian just, is just saying what yeah. a <laughs> but I know who knows, Drew. Maybe he can prop up some some big cakes for you, man. Mm, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Proprietary yeast. Because Brandon just does everything that we have already talked about all the time, always. I everything. <laughs> everything we've ever done, Brandon's like, yep, did it. Barley wine is life, dude. You don't need anything else. Don't you know that? He says, decided to toss it into keg with some table sugar and carve it up and let it age at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So SP is supposed to have, uh, for those that don't know, that don't know um, sort of a, what is it? A, um, what's the liquor I'm thinking of? Like cognac? Character. Yeah. Or cognac and rum. Yeah. 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 Uh, sort of like flavor to it. Um, as far as like cognac? the esters that it produces. Cognac? You said, uh, you said Kodiak at first. I don't, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm on, yeah. I'm on third glass of. See, do we have a banner for that? Brian, Brian, Brian. You guys can't see this, but they've created all these banners. Uh, there's one, there's Fuck You, Brian. <laughs> Science Time with Professor Brian. I like that like, one. Broke shit, Brian. I don't oh. even know what this means. What does broke shit, Brian mean? Broke shit. Like, I oh, because <laughs> you, you made some broke back mountain joke, I think. I don't know. God. And then there's Bry Guy. <laughs> I like this one, Bry Guy the Science. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, we still have one from Brandon when he was on. Oh yeah, when he was, I had to make one for him because you were the science guy, and Brandon's Brandon laid down the fucking education that yeah, time. He does he always does? <laughs> yeah. Did you and know I that? Will say, yeah. um, shout out to Brandon, his uh, Philly Sour IPA. Excellent. I crushed that thing. Yeah, it was good. He dropped off a. A bottle of that, it was quite tasty. That's, that's going to be a fun yeast to play with. Yeah. Probably the best Philly sour I'd ever had. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of them, but yeah, easily. I've only had two. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go dump my keg. Oh. Uh, I didn't no. realize that was a Brian jab. No, it was. Everything Jason says is a Brian jab. Basically. You, you like yeah. <laughs> I may as well be KGB. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm excited for that announcement. So, going back yeah. to the beginning of the episode, stay tuned for that. Evidently, I talked too much shit to KGB last I, year. I don't even know what's going on. So, uh. <laughs> is, it, is it solidified? Do we just talk about it? No, like, no, no. Okay. Well, I mean, we can talk about it because fuck who cares? I talked about it. Obviously, <laughs> I run my mouth on some shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, about it. 
I <laughs> talked enough shit about KGB last week that they threw down and said, let's go. And, uh, and they're, they're kind of challenging, uh, keepers of craft to some kind of brew off, uh, on, in which will, which will be hosted here on Michigan brews, um, where we will do something together. Uh, I don't know if it's actually going to happen. Um, you know, Brian and I only make up 40% of the, 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 the leadership of keepers. <laughs> so we, we need at least somebody else to come along with us. Um, but uh, I'm excited about it. And uh, I love KGB, uh, but I love kicking their ass too. Uh, it's, it's, it was one of the first uh, rules or comments was uh, like, like, Shit no like light no lighthearted shit talking lighthearted shit talking yeah, yeah i don't so know what, they, what it was it, it, they they sent me this 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 nikki uh nikki i'm gonna fuck your name up nikki nikki de clerk <laughs> uh came up with the idea uh she's a brilliant lady that runs michigan homebrew cup or uh, oh, michigan nice. sorry michigan beer cup amazing uh and she came up with this idea she's like look you talked you know you talked some shit uh, so now put it, you know, where it's, where it's due <laughs> and, and she's like, let's get together and let's have some fun and, and, uh, come at each other and, and we'll do it on Michigan brews and it'll be, it'll be good for the stream. It'll be good for the clubs, a good East versus West kind of thing. Uh, so I kicked it over to a, a, a couple of people. I was, I, it, she sent this to me while I was literally like driving over Mackinac <laughs> bridge, you know? So I'm like trying to, you know, text off Ryan and David, I need to hit it yeah. to Patrick and, uh, and Tim, but, um, yeah, not die. And then, <laughs> and then I've been just crazy busy this weekend, taking the kid up to college. So I got to circle back on that, circle back with the leadership of, of, of keepers of craft and try to see what we can organize. Yeah. We'll have some, hopefully have some fun with KGB. Um, they're, they're, they're a great club over on the East side since I fucked that up in the episode too. Um, <laughs> no Drew Jacobs, but yeah, no Drew Jacobs. Same episode though. Um, yeah. <laughs> what were you drinking that night, man? I everything, man. Uh, <laughs> and 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 so they have they have won nine out of ten uh, Michigan beer cups, and uh, keepers came close last year. And when keepers came close last year, I started talking shit, and uh, and I've been poking at them. Because it's it's just gum, you know. It's fun to go after the big guy. Like technical, like it in terms of beer. Oh yeah, no, that was said on the episode. You missed that last week because you were were out with your mom. Yeah, I said, oh yeah. Well, Jordan had me on that one. Like you, you won with mead, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Nine points. I actually, I love Nikki. During the episode, she's Facebook messaging me the scorecards. Oh no! <laughs> um, let me let me find this shit and show you. Oh Did you? man! Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Facebook changed some shit on me. Uh, yeah, because we were gonna step up our mead game this year, and then we were like, things. we were we, we were planning. Yeah. We were coming at them. Where is Nikki? Um, Mazer Cup, I think, is still happening. I don't, I don't I know. I think it is. I think they didn't they delay it. Yeah, um, they. I think maybe to November or something, but. Yeah, I sent them some bottles. I don't know. We'll see. What'd you send? Hopefully, it works out for you. Well, yeah, you didn't. We didn't even talk about this. So, uh, if you're gonna make cider, you need to have a wine license, which means you can make mead too, right? Yep. So. Oh, I didn't even talk about this either. Um, My grand scheme, 
because I'm doing all this irrigation with potentially semi-acidic wastewater, you know what loves wastewater or um, loves acidity is wildflowers. So there's this whole program through the state for um, they call like pollinator habitats. So um, you know your bees, <clears throat> butterflies. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, obviously, like honeybees are kind of in a crisis right now. So um, you know, I've got that big field in the back like almost an acre and i've been trying to figure out what to do with that the latest thing i've been looking into is is this pollinator habitat stuff um because wildflowers actually kind of like a little bit of acidity um and the benefit of that is well maybe i should keep my own bees too you know and um there you go and, and cool. then you're making your mead and all that so trying to make this big mead from your own property life Hakuna Matata, man. Yeah. Hakuna <laughs> Matata, you know. So, so I want to bring this in because I just looked. So this is what Nikki sent me last week while we're talking on air. Here's all the, the awards that Keepers won last year. There's Drew Doster, second place with that peanut butter chocolate stout, right? Yep. <laughs> was did, did he, was she like writing these out like, or did she grab? No, these, these are the actual cards from that year. Oh, and that's then, cool. And then here are the KGB cards. So, uh, so yeah, there, there were wait, the, wait, the, wait. the, there's the meads, there's the mead. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it was, it was these meads. There were, there was nine points that separated us. So they got one gold and a bronze more than us in mead. No, so, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, there I were meads, there were ciders, but anyway, like as we're on air, Nikki sending these to <laughs> me, and I thought that I was like, I'm laughing my ass off. Go uh, back to the keepers one, though. I, I was. So can we have a? Can we have a like blind meat off? Because oh, like, where's, you, where's, your, where's your name? So I've got second looper, oh. and I've got second with oh. my my fruit stout. Okay. And then you had, uh, <laughs> there's your second place, and there's your, where's your first place? There's your first place, which I got to give the medals out. That was so, cool. That was so cool. I, I was the, the, the announcer for Brian, no, for Drew's, no. That was mine. For Jordan, where where are you at, Jordan? That's Jordan, Pug A, right there. Okay, yeah. I got to I got to give the gold medal to Jordan. Jordan's first gold medal, and I announced Brian's stout. So Brian got the right silver, yeah. silver and gold. Uh, Eric Potts is another one that kills it in our club. Who we need to talk to? Mike Lightfoot too. Mike Lightfoot's fucking great. Yeah. Um, you know, Bill Blakesley. I mean, we had a lot of Bill's. There's, there's that Flanders was fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, I, I think I had his dry hop sour too. Um, our club is like super talented. Yeah. Like, there's David with his eyes. I mean, David coming back and winning the, uh, like win per capita deal. Oh yeah. You know, we we'd have it easy. Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't have a super huge club like all things considered, we have something like maybe 30 paid members right now. Yeah. And I know Patrick's not on and um but I mean like yeah, there yeah. there are some clubs in Michigan that have, you know, 
50 plus people so no yeah, it's it's, cool. so it, it was it was good keepers brought it we, we came close last year we came close enough to bring notice uh and and it was it felt really good for them to come over and be like dude you we were, yeah that was know, really nice you yeah were coming at us and, yeah that, that was so cool them that's that's where kind of the, some of the smack talking came in. And <laughs> like I said, I fucking love KGB. I love their club. I love everything they do every year. They're yeah, they're, they're so always fun. They're, they're, they're the ones. Their meat chair is like the the highlight of my like, yeah. Saturday, yeah. Actually, yeah. Like, so now I'm now I'm kissing their ass a little bit. But you know they're the ones that have the biggest, yeah. the, the most decorations and the 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 most taps and the and they're super fun. And and last year they were like the Russian spies and they tapped our bar and that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> but that said. Yes, I want to do something where keepers of craft go against KGB in a one-on-one, so that we just dust them, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> is, are we doing meads too, or is that is it just all? Is it all beer? Is know. it whatever? I don't okay. know. Yeah, I don't know. Brian yeah, Brian's well, well, put his meads up against him. We haven't figured it out yet. I know Brian's bringing the Shrams game now, right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no water added meats are like <laughs> mind blowing, revolutionary. So I'm, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. So hopefully uh, that'll uh, something of that sort will will come down here on on Michigan Brews in the future, in the near future, uh, especially in this shitty year that we couldn't get any competitions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I tell you, I was at Subway with Amy in, in Houghton, Michigan, on Saturday. Right, we bought three subs and a pop, I think, and the total of the bill came to twenty twenty. And I felt like I needed to buy no. something else. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like no, nope. uh, yeah. <laughs> one of us, one of us is going to choke on choke on one of these sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> it has so. been a year. Yeah, we have a uh, fifty. Have some... Last year we had fifty members. Pat- Patrick is on. Oh yeah, there he is. Co- COVID messed it up this year, so yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. yep, that that yeah. absolutely makes sense. Yeah, but we've had a lot yeah. of new people join our Facebook group, so hopefully once things you know get back to normal in twenty twenty three, we'll. Uh... <laughs> if I look over Probably here, not. my other monitor, I'm. I'm keeping these guys honest about your questions. I don't think we've missed anybody really, but no, good. So then, Patrick, I will send you the details. You and Tim, the details that KGB wants to throw down with us, and we'll figure this shit out. Um, but yeah, uh, hey, breaking our hands. There it is. Oh, all right, it's devolved into that. So what else, Drew? Uh, yeah, I don't, um, you know, I mean, I will say there's kind of, um, an engineer spirit in me I found throughout this whole process because it's all about problem solving when you're, when you're trying to start a business and, um, you know, I think when you can generate some good questions and feedback especially like dealing with the state on this whole groundwater discharge thing and stuff. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. You were looking into that. I didn't even know that was a, yeah, yeah. Thing. like that's awesome. And now I think this wildflower piece of it is like really cool. I think they will be real into that. Like that's neat as shit. Just, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't care. I've got an acre of, mostly like white clover and 
grass or whatever that was horse pasture a number of years ago. Um, you know, we've, we get a ton of milkweed that grows on our property, like naturally. Um, so it's good for the monarchs and, um, it's something I'm into. Like, I mean, you know, I'm kind of an amateur, um, conservationist, I guess by nature. So I'm, I'm all into that, you know? Right on. Well, Drew, I think it's been really great hanging out with you and actually digging into more of the brewery. Appreciate you hanging out with us tonight and sharing uh, some of your secrets. <laughs> All the secrets. Really cool. Yeah. Um, for those that are watching, I believe that we're going to have Blake's Hard Cider on. Andrew Blake from Blake's Hard Cider will be our guest next week. I'm going to get a post created from that, just working on finalizing some things. Good, good. Did I? Okay. You, it looked like you froze, and then all oh. of a sudden everybody froze, and then I was like, "Oh shit, that's <laughs> no, that's you." Yeah, I know. So, so Blake's hard cider next week. Um, hopefully, we can get into a mode where we're uh, announcing a week or two in advance, uh, like we could have this time if Brian wouldn't have fucked up and and ignored Drew. Uh, <laughs> we talked to him on Wednesday. I'm a friend. And, you know. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I was, was a bad down. friend. I, I convinced him to eat a death nut, and then I felt bad. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Get away from the death nuts. I left before you fully resolved that death nut thing. How did that end? Did you do uh, all right with it? It was painful. I, <laughs> surprisingly, it all stayed down, but I I don't know how. You know, oh, I, I puked mine up. I'm not. Yeah. I, I ate it. I went around the corner. I donated that to the alley in Vicksburg. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I've eaten a lot of weird things in my lifetime. <laughs> <So> <laughs> my stomach, but my my mouth was miserable for sure. What's, what's great was Molly was the first one to do it. I know I was just trying to wrap up. Now we're back on. But Molly like <laughs> hit it and she's like, yum, 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 yum. This is... I mean, she, it was painful, but your wife was fucking knocking it out of the park. Uh, she's a rock star, dude. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't mess with her if I can help it. <laughs> she may be small, but she is mighty. Yeah. Oh man, she, yeah, she took it down. She took it down hard, like way better than me. I was like five minutes, and I was in the alleyway chucking. So, yep. How bad? How bad was it, really? Like. So I don't think it was as bad as, as the Reaper, like David and I, uh, you know, for those of you that follow Callum's hot sauce enthusiasts, if you want to go watch David Jones and, and myself eat a Carolina Reaper about a month and a half ago, feel free. I do puke on camera. So enjoy. Um, it's a big plus, I, yeah. I, I think the Reaper tasted better. Like just the, the Reaper has a natural fruitiness, mm -hmm. um, but the, the Reaper was the pain level on the Reaper was far beyond what the the death nut was i think the death nut with the pure capsaicin it just once it hit my stomach it was just like acid it was I've, just i've mm -hmm. never ate anything that hot that's bothered my stomach like that nut did right it, it it wasn't that it was i that's why i would compare it to it wasn't that it was it was it wasn't that it was the heat it was just the turmoil <laughs> i don't get well i definitely yeah. felt sick but somehow yeah the chemical laid down anyway yep. you know i ate the reaper the reaper burned far more than the nut but the reaper didn't hurt my gut like the nut did yeah that, 
you know, I, I really think the only reason why the Reaper came up is because of what went down before the Reaper, you know, the pepper. Oh, well, the, the six, uh, hot butchers, the, the crazy, uh, half a bottle of Pepto-Bismol that we tried to drink. <laughs> you didn't uh, realize that's where you were that day. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I just want to do a yeah. shout out that you are all horrible friends. <laughs> uh, make me try that nuclear weapon in my stomach. You know, it really was your wife, dude. I mean, I don't think, I think, you know, we joked around about it, but it was Molly that finally went over and actually we got did, We didn't even nuts. ask her. Like, we were just right. like, what are you guys doing? She's like, I'll take it like one of these. Oh. And like, <laughs> Molly. And then we're Molly's all looking at the, Drew and like, well. Molly's the one that got it well, out yeah. and then took it yeah, over. She did. So, she did. No, I took it over to him. Oh. That okay, was, well then, Brian, you're bad. a terrible friend. <laughs> you know, I introduced her to Thai food. She grew up in Iowa. And, like, you know, no concept of spice, probably. And I introduced her to Thai food, and it changed her world, man. And, like, ever since then, she's, like, spice. Pushing her boundaries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you guys go to Bangkok flavor? Yeah, we love Bangkok flavor. So, you know, my, my wife... She that's our favorite restaurant, and Amy will do like she wants it hot or the and and they even ask her like, are you sure? Like Thai hot or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. she'll eat that shit. I want it like medium, and I'm I'm the hot sauce guy, and I want it like mild, I'm you, medium. I'm with you. And 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 my wife gets this uh, peanut curry noodle or whatever, and it's fucking it melt your face off, and I'm like, I can't yeah. do it. I'll eat a Reaper, but I won't eat a, I won't eat a bowl of that shit. The one time they brought me the um the like chili, it was like chilies and oil bowl cuz I you know, I was like, "Oh, I kind of wanted like medium or you know, like, you know what? I'll oh, so here do it yourself." <laughs> yeah. It was like do your own. So, <laughs> like I tried some of that straight up and it was like, "Oh my god, this is so hot." <laughs> Uh, it delicious. It was delicious. Oh, Drew, yeah. I don't know if you saw, but TK, you know, is wishing you luck too. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, um, Thank you. Everybody wants to to see you succeed and get you a uh, a Tagabrew badge. Think about think about what your uh, your little uh, you know gem thing is for Tagabrew. Charm. Charm. Thank you. It's got to yeah. be like a little axe head or a little hay bale. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh a yeah, logo okay. chat, so. your, your computer yeah. went to sleep. We can't see your logo, but your logo is a hay bale, right, with the axe. Yep. In the middle, and it says Doster Brewing. It's a uh, it's a Michigan uh, double sided axe, um, a hay bale, and what they call a misery whip, which is a two person saw. Nice. Come on, and, gotcha. um, has a lot to do with the history of the town of Doster, which is. There was a lumber mill there for a long time, and I grew up cutting and baling hay my whole life. But that's a big part of that community too. And yeah, well, we can't wait. And I think you your uh, I linked your website on the episode. I'll uh, I'll see if I can go back and link your Facebook too. But uh, thanks, man. hey man, thanks for having us on. Or, well, no, thank you for being on tonight. <laughs> it's That's your show, Drew. God. Cheers. Cheers. All right, cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. Cheers, everyone in chat. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight, man. Hey. All right, have a good night, guys.